Hello, friends. Welcome to Time in the Studio. This is a podcast about healing, growth, and creativity. And I'm your host, Sarah Marie Miller. This is our eighth episode, and it is a juicy one. Um, today, I'm talking with Elizabeth DeCourcy. She's the owner of Antidote Apothecary and Tea Bar, and she's just so incredibly eloquent and an amazing force in the universe. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you today. Without further ado, we welcome Lizzie DeCourcy. Um, okay, so let's roll with it. Okay. Oh my gosh. So I am absolutely so delighted and honored to have Elizabeth DeCourcy on the show today. She is the owner of Antidote Apothecary and Tea Bar in Brooklyn and so knowledgeable about the plants and builds community through this beautiful space that she's created. She's also a musician and is has trained as a sommelier and is knowledgeable about wine and film and art. And she's just a force to be reckoned with and truly one of the most magical women I've ever met. So I'm so happy to have you on the show today, Lizzie. Thanks for being here. Gee, thanks for the intro, Sarah Marie. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be on, um, on your podcast. I'm so proud of you for creating this space for you to express yourself as an herbalist and artist. And I'm excited to see and listen to all the different people that you interview here. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's so fun just kind of getting to be a curator and yeah, choosing who to talk to and thinking back on all the people that have had such a powerful influence on my life. And you're definitely one of them. I mean, you made me realize herbalism was a thing. Like I just didn't even realize people could do this work and how important it can be and how healing and helpful for oneself to dive into this path and learning how to take care of oneself better. And then also, all the people around you and the community. So it's just a really, yeah, thank you for encouraging and showing this beautiful path in a, such a cool way. Um, that goes both ways. <laughs> I have to say you definitely like just really um, back when I was a little bit less open to um, sort of the more magical and spiritual elements of the healing process and just life in general. You always had a handle on that. And I, mm-hmm. I am super glad to have been able to experience that with you on a road trip and, yeah. you know, within your own <laughs> healing process. And then having like done craft fairs with you back in the day where you were like wrapping wands and seeing people <laughs> react to your wand. Yeah, and understanding that it was like a power stick and then like, you know, how connected that sort of physiological, you know, that mind, body, soul connection and, you know, understanding that like people were struggling with really intense um, health issues like cancer and stuff. I'll never forget that lady who Mm -hmm. had just gotten out of chemo once and was like, I'm needing this. Yeah. And that was, what was that like six years ago? Yeah. And it just like, I, it, something clicked there and I was just like, Oh my God, like, of course there's this piece that like, I didn't see before, you know, those are things that you can kind of feel, I think, but like having somebody show you with an object and like how important it is for um, a person to be able to channel their mind along with, you know, like working with, plants and even Western medicine in some cases to realign the homeostasis that you, you know, constantly try to achieve in your body, understanding that that is like directly linked to your emotional and your um, soul state. Mm. And, you know, realizing like, even with something like flower essences, which took me a while to really glom onto, it's like, watch somebody overcome something like cancer or Lyme or, you know, various different autoimmune deficiencies or, or even, you know, the grieving process or just, you know, coming out of a deep depression and understanding that they're self-identifying as these, like that's become a part of their identity for a long time. Mm -hmm. And when your body is perhaps like feeling better and more well, 
it's like, like something as subtle as a flower essence or even mushrooms in this way to like shift your psyche to match that is super important because if you don't align them and I didn't underscore how really like, it's not a tenuous thing. It's not whimsical. It's not, it's strong and sturdy. And just mm-hmm. like saying earlier that, uh, your soul was something that you felt like, you know, guided you into being the stubborn sort of protector of your own self-worth and, mm-hmm. and realizing that, you know, habits and stuff like that, that you change, that you can change within your own self, just based on the stubbornness and the guidance of your soul is, I don't know. It's something that I, we, as you know, a population at large have lost touch with, but it's still there. We're still animals and beings did within to ourselves. Oh, sister. I love that. Yes. I mean, it's all so connected and it's all one thing. And so it's weird in modern day how we separate it. And it's like, (laughs) why would we do that? It's all our spirit and our soul and our brain and our gut and our bodies, like all of it. It's just like this beautiful interwoven tapestry that we can't forget about how it's all totally but luckily i think you know we have intervention from friends and examples with people in our communities around us where like light is shown on that at certain points and if you don't see it then you know you're probably gonna stay in your karmic pattern and continue that like systemic sort of struggle until your eyes open which is cool but I love that there is like the universe intervenes. Our energy intervenes at some point. Eventually, we'll all of us will see what we're supposed to see. Mm. Just takes time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a process it for sure. Yeah, I would love to hear about your journey with creating antidote and how did that come about? What is antidote and where did the name come from? How did that all kind of spring forth? Well, um, Antidote was um, actually just the skincare line that I made a long time ago. Um, back of like an all-natural skincare line. Like I, my family struggles with a lot of skin issues and so do I. We get rashes. Anyway, it was just like an answer to that. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a writer and a word person and it just seemed like such a strong single word not a verb not a you know just like really a strong thing but then within that process of of making antidote products and like sort of moving that out into the world I had this is kind of when you and I first met I think Mm -hmm. actually I was Mm -hmm. um, I had gone back to school to fulfill science requirements in order to become a naturopathic doctor um, that I didn't get with, you know, getting, you know, with my BFA in film production and critical studies, you know, obviously I didn't, you know, take anatomy and stuff during that time. But anyway, I had um, my sight set on being a naturopathic doctor just because like it sort of started to come out. And even like when I started to learn, when I became um, a wine expert, it was like I saw the symmetry um, between like the earth and what came out of it and how it tasted and different plants like interaction with each other on their own characteristics, which is really cool when you think about bioregional medicine and, Mm -hmm. you know, like you being in Colorado, what is available to you there versus being here on the East coast and knowing that I'm from Colorado and seeing stuff here and like hanging everything on like sort of a, you know, a a Chinese medicine diagnostic approach. It's, it's, really been like epic introduction to the earth and how all of those things interact with each other in these very little tiny ecosystems. Um, but back to that. So anyway, I decided I didn't want to go to, um, be, and didn't, when I was about ready to start applying to schools, there's only one here on the East coast in Bridgeport, Connecticut for becoming a naturopathic doctor. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I did not, I'm not moving to, Bridgeport and I was going to drive three hours <laughs> right. to it. You know what I mean? I was just like, what? And then I, this woman who carried my, the antidote wine, um, Sherry from Remedies Herb Shop over mm-hmm. in Cobble Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, hey, there's this like herbal program. She's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been like a really wonderful supporter. Um, I'm actually fulfilling a huge order for her later today. Oh, cool. Um, anyone, 
Arbor Vitae. And so I wrote to them and asked to get into their program at the last minute, of course, which is the way life works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got in and then went through the uh, master herbalism program there and realized I've always been like kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit. My parents were, you know, owned business, small businesses that struggled real hard when I was young. Um, and, you know, I just known that I'm not, I don't work well for others. Yeah. Like I will, but I don't really like it that much. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of school, as it was drawing to a close, I was like, how am I going to, use this latest installment of my education, you know, like I've, I have a lot of education under my belt and it, you know, I never really fully you realize anything really Mm -hmm. that I've learned into something tangible as an adult to be like sustainable and individual and, you know, myself in the world, I realized that I needed to open an herb shop and I Mm -hmm. almost bought one that was already open, um, Mm -hmm. that was going on up for sale over on Atlantic Avenue. My friend, um, and actual, another student at Arbor Vitae ended up buying that one called Radical, um, on Atlantic Avenue. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, going through that process of sort of negotiating the price and all that kind of stuff with her, I realized that like, you know, I'm too headstrong. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to make my own space and I wanted it to be a green point And I wanted it to be in this community that I've lived in for 15 years. And, mm-hmm. Um, that I've, you know, struggled really hard to stay in New York for this time. It's not that easy here. And I've had a lot of different lives in this place. And I wanted those things to all kind of culminate in me opening a business in this neighborhood that I love so much with, you know, surrounded by a community that is fairly supportive of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did it That's and awesome. during, through that, like, yeah, it was cool. My mom like really believed in me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had another friend, Nathaniel Whitmore, who's a really talented herbalist up in Delaware County, um, up in Northern in Pennsylvania. And well, I guess it's like really Eastern Pennsylvania, Port Jervis, New York. He's a great herbalist up there and a naturalist and just an, an amazing, um, botanist and, um, Tai Chi practitioner. Mm-hmm. He and I became friends and he showed me this, um, this old, you know, mill up there where they, they just like had all this wood and he's like, you should make your shop out of medicinal woods. And I was like, Oh my God, you're right. You know? And this is kind of how everything sort of like fell into place for everything that I've ever done. It's like, you know, you end up having this conversation with someone and it just like rings true. Yeah. And so I went to that sawmill like five times. I was totally afraid. I didn't have any alphabet for those words. You know, I was like right. looking at all this wood and I'm like, I don't know what to do with these pieces and how I'm going to form a sentence in the shop or this space. And it was really bizarre. I, it took me like five times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the first piece I bought was like a big slab of maple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made my first table out of that. And then when my mom came to town, my mom came up and she was here for just three days, which was crazy. We like mm-hmm. painted the space and we went up there and got a whole, whole pile of wood and just brought it down to, wow. um, to New York. And I, you know, just looked at it and I was like, okay, well, I just stared in there. And my mom was like, here, try these, like using these plumbing nipples to make these shelves. And so we kind of like mapped out shelves and like picked out pieces of wood that we would make with the shelves. And then the rest of it was just scraps. And then, Mm. you know, it was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to have a weirdo, like, you know, multi-hued, you know, buried material wood wise uh, bar. And I've worked as a bartender for a long time. So it was important to me, have a bar to me to have a bar in there. I knew I was going to serve tea and you know, that that was going to be like an aggregate source of income is that mm-hmm. selling herbs by the ounce was never going to make enough money right. to float a place in Greenpoint. Um, and that was like a hard thing because I really just wanted to hang my shingle, be an herbalist, like create a space where other herbalists like that graduated with me in my program and other people that I had met like you um, around that, you know, just needed a space to practice from and you know like to grow their businesses um I, as herbalists and and you know practitioners of very different um alternative healing arts 
Um, I wanted that to be a space and a community experience. And I'm still working toward that. Like it still hasn't fully materialized. Stuff takes a lot longer than you think it does. Um, Oh yeah. And you know, now it's like, I have a, like it's a full order of food. And like, I didn't really understand how important expressing the medicinal value of herbs through food was to me until I was looking at the space and going, how am I going to survive here? How do I get people to come back every day? How do I get this community to keep this place afloat so that we can actually have medicine for the people and Mm -hmm. plants that, you know, can help and are less heroic and rely on your body to find its own rhythm and, you know, version of homeostasis is best, best for you. Um, you know, it really, I had to figure out a way and, you know, also people coming in, not really knowing what herbs were or what these like gorgeous things in jars could do or whether or not they were teas and stuff, you know, it was really crazy to be responsible for myself and for this community to teach them what they, what happens with plants. Mm -hmm in a way that like would make it so this like business that I was creating would survive and, you know, naturally not being much of a capitalist and understanding that I needed to absolutely tap into capitalism in a different way so that I could actually survive and, and provide a space where people could buy uh, herbs at inexpensive prices in a place like New York city has been, you know, pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, now we have a whole, uh, menu that represents food as medicine. We sneak everything. There's so much fermented stuff That's and we, awesome. you know, obviously like, right. And I'm like, Hey man, all this stuff, like I use all herbs from the shop in all of the recipes that I have so that, you know, people can understand that once you start using herbs daily, whether you drink a tea or not, like if you put it in your food, your life's going to be better. It tastes yeah. good and vibrant and alive, connected. And there's something just deeply alive about it. And, you know, participating in that life construct just makes you more alive. Yes. You know, uh, and the vibrancy of fermented foods and like understanding that those are these insane ecosystems that like we are made of, you mm. know, that like, you know, we're not alone that like half of our the uh, biomaterial in our bodies the cells and stuff are mainly made of uh, bacterial cells is pretty understanding that like you know mitochondria came from there it's like you know our life force it's just insane but yeah no i love fermented all that stuff being connected it was definitely yeah you do (laughs) what was it that you were making that i wanted to try you were fermented I was doing something weird. I was doing um, fermented nut cheeses. That me. Oh yeah. Those. And then I do a lot of different krauts as yes. well. But but yeah, the fermented nut cheese because a lot of people really miss cheese, and so I just make it's kind of like a cream cheese thing. But I will take um, like hazelnuts and milk thistle seeds and soak them overnight, and then strain off the water, you know, to get rid of all the lectins, and then puree it with a little bit of sauerkraut juice, salt, and sometimes I'll use like a hawthorn thyme tea or some sort of tea instead of water for the liquid part. And then just blend that in the blender and then you just set it on the counter for a day. And it's like, has that nice like tangy quality that you get from cream cheese or other fermented things, but um, it doesn't have dairy in it. And it's, you know, has herbs and just has all those yeah. How do you get it to set up? Um, I just put it in a jar and just cover it and I just let it sit out for a day and it works out great. Does it thicken? Do you have to put a thickening agent like Irish um, moss or something? In? You know, I haven't done that. I, if I want it thicker, then I will put a, a little bit of cheesecloth in a colander and then put the um, fermented paste in that and then cover it so that all the water drains out or I guess it's whey at that point. It's like curds and whey. And then you can, if you have a dehydrator, you could um, kind of compress all that stuff and put it in a dehydrator or sometimes I'll put it in the fridge and with the colander and then that helps dry it out as well. 
So it's like a little bit more cuttable rather than like a s- spread. Yum. I'm going to make that, that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's that so fun. Delicious. My mouth's like watering. <laughs> yeah, because with the thyme Dude, that's and the hawthorn and the milk thistles, it's like, oh, your heart and your liver and just your lungs. It's like just so expansive and nourishing and really delicious too. And Dude, most the, people including milk thistle in there is genius. Isn't I love it so that. good? Yeah, I really love that too. It, you have to blend it a little longer because it has that kind of husk on it. And it's so it has a little bit more of a grit. If you use the um, milk thistle seeds then versus when you don't. But I I like that little added texture. It's kind of nice. Well, and you soak the thistle seeds, right? Mm-hmm. The milk thistle seeds, yeah. you soak those with the nuts too. Yeah. So that breaks it down pretty good. Yeah, it helps. It's They could probably be soaked two days and then do the nuts one day, and that might be better, actually. I haven't tried that, but I feel like that might be helpful. Mm. You could even sprout Dude. them. So they're My like goodness, even more that's amazing. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna sprout them. I just found some red clover seeds. They're so good. Dude. Oh my god, I love Our red clover. Foods like the most amazing. It's yes. like you get this like all this potential energy of like this new life trying to you know come into being. Mm-hmm. It's like all the beginning. Oh, so yummy. Yeah, I love that too. It's so good for you. Oh, okay. So I wanted to give back um, a little bit to your product line. And I just, oh my God, Lizzie, the stuff you make is just so amazing. Like it smells so good and it just feels so good on the skin. Like it's just so creamy and like buttery. And then it also has these amazing, you have incredible names for your products that are all inspired by different musicians and bands and songs. And I just, I love how you pull music into this culture that you're creating, you know, like you're creating these fermented foods, but then you're also creating, you know, you're a musician, so you're creating music and then creating this community of people around you. Um, So yeah, I guess just talk a little bit about your music and music as an influence on your, just your everything. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I, like, um, I think my roots, you know, I'm like a punk rock hippie. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, totally. I'm crusty. Like there's nothing, I'm not that, that soft. I'm working on softening more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a person that, you know, is probably, I'm, I'm kind, but I'm not that nice. And you <laughs> see that in the shop, you know, oh, it's like, yeah. you're not going to go in and get like typical, like, you know, like Yanni Muzak experiences while you're hanging out in there. It's like really important to me that I think that, um, that anything that I do isn't really that precious because I think Mm -hmm. it's like important to me that people understand that they can like make anything that they want to themselves. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I will share any recipe that I have with anyone. I, I always have, and I always will. And, that to me like is, you know, very much a part of like who I am as a person in the world. Mm -hmm. And while I am, you know, sort of getting on this like journey to, you know, being like a conduit for these plants to, to help people find their best, you know, states of being, you know, I, I am not a precious person and, um, using music that way. And the music that I make is with, with, and in the band that I'm in and stuff like that is we all are we all have our different personalities which is really fun and we all write our own parts and it's all you know there's it's weird and mm-hmm. all inclusive and a little dissonant and atonal and um and just comes from each of us as ourselves and like that sort of like you know uh like symbiotic like creation at the end of it is something that I needed to make sure came through in anything that I made. I mean, as, as mm-hmm. much as like antidote is like kind of a strong, harsh word in a way, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, 
there are no real antidotes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's just this like ethos that you touch on. And it's like, you know, antidotes, there's not one thing that's going to cure you of anything. You know, right. it's like, you, it's such a cycle. And so music to me is just like that. And um, I've been lucky enough living in New York to have like these amazing people show me so many different sides of music that I never would have experienced mm-hmm if I'd stayed in the little town that I'm from in Colorado mm-hmm. um, and, you know, making sure to infuse my um, everything that I make with that ethos so that people, when they come into the shop, like they can be themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, if you're trying to get on a path to, to be, to maybe change your diet and maybe include herbs, it's not like you're, you know, letting go of all the little nasty parts of you that make you, you, Mm -hmm. it's just that you get to incorporate these like really beautiful, positive things into this, to your whole life structure. And then whatever stays, stays. Mm -hmm. And so music to me, you'll see that like, you know, all of the therapeutic tea blends that I make and all of the, my music products are all of my skincare products and really everything is named after a song or or an album title and those influences are super varied as well. And I just think that it's important when you're introducing something that people don't know about and maybe have a really preconceived notion about what the types of people are like that Mm -hmm. participate in this. Like to me, it's like really important that I don't, I don't uh, foster that sort of hegemony within mm-hmm. the herb world and music is anything but that in my opinion, except mm-hmm. if you listen to the radio, I guess <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to listen to the radio so I touch, and man, I just don't like it like yeah. that much, you know? Yeah. But, it is fascinating. Uh, it's like, Oh, okay. This is what is playing all over the country. It's interesting, but yeah, I just love yeah. just the way that you do bring this more like radical punk rock ethos to herbalism because sometimes it can be just like soft and hippie and you just, yeah, you bring this like raw, real truth to it and this generosity and acceptance of people wherever they are, like whatever they're struggling with, like you are there with them, beside them and just such an amazing ally and yeah, just so such a great resource for your community and for your friends. And you're an amazing musician. Like, the I shop love- actually just created that community itself. Like it really? just did that. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like its own thing. I don't, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it, like, it totally does its own thing. I love it. Like that it has be, you know, like, it has just become literally like its own little animal that I just like get to kind of sit and you know, <laughs> make sure the closed at night and that like horrors mm-hmm. get wiped up and stuff, but it's got its own personality and people like that about it, which is mm-hmm. cool. And I think it's because of all the wood in there, like wood mm-hmm. speaks so loud to mm-hmm. people, especially in a place like New York where you feast your eyes mainly on man-made things. To have a shop that's like totally filled with all this like live, once live material that we didn't make and we didn't try to replicate or do anything to. It's like I, people just like get drawn in and it's mm-hmm. like they're not even interested in herbs or herbalism or don't even know that they are until they walk in the door. And I think right. that is something that I learned um, in building a business and stuff like that is like really allowing whatever it is that you're making to, to find its own personality and life form so that it is real and then other people can see it. And if you just try to control everything and make it into your own deal, it's not going to, I mean, maybe you'll make more money that way, <laughs> but like people aren't going to make this much, you know, like it's really been a, a treat to definitely um, just just stay alive and nimble and react to the community and see what, you know, like what they like and try to try to create a space where they feel comfortable enough to be like, Oh, you know what? Actually I am going to go there when I have acid reflux. I am going to go there when I haven't gotten my period in three months. I am going to go there when, you know, like I think I might have 
celiac or some sort of SIBO situation going on, or, you know, my mom just got out of surgery, whatever. It's been really cool to see like kind of, you know, regs Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. average folks just like, like trust it and just be like, you know, I'm going to try this, like whatever this Western medicine construct is that we have going on in this world isn't working right now. And I believe in some Western medicine for sure, but what we're doing doesn't work. And to, you know, just to see like the varied people that will come in and just be like, you know what? I feel like I'm going to get some help in here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and everybody that fun. works with me is so really can- passionate. And have fun. Exactly. Yeah, like that space is and just so beautiful. Like it's just so fun to be in there. Like, you know, you have all these gorgeous plants outside the door and some inside. And then, yeah, the walls are just like stunning with the stencil work that you've done. And then you can like pick up a tea or a delicious lunch that you've made with like fermented foods and, you know, get like a beautiful crystal or you know, an amazing tincture, tea blend, like you just have created, and then you have cool classes that people teach there. So it's just like this amazing Mecca of all these things coming together that like everyone needs. And you are just this wise resource knowing all these things about plants Uh, and, oh yeah. I just, I I wish I could be there. apothecary. Oh, I love you. I wish you could be here too. (laughs) I know. Split time. You do have time. I'll do have time about that. <laughs> yeah, I would love that actually. It would be so cool. Yeah. The hallway. Yeah. There are Marie pieces. <laughs> that would be so <laughs> Just fun. putting that out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That would be amazing. I love that idea. Um, I'm curious, like, what is one thing that you've seen if there's something like a issue that you've seen a lot come through the shop and what remedy would you suggest for that? Um, in New York, um, dude, so much anxiety, Mm, like everybody got like sleep and anxiety issues, period, hands Mm -hmm. down. And it's like, it's pretty weird. Um, especially like, you know, when you're, when you're in an apothecary and in that situation, like you you don't get like real, it's not like you're having a consultation mm-hmm. and then, you know, it's important too to recognize like in, when you're in working in a place like that, that you don't give consultations to everybody just for nothing. Like right. there needs to be an exchange there. So that there is like a real, so you value yourself and mm-hmm. they value you and they value themselves and everything kind of work. You get client compliancy is like a bigger Mm-hmm. that'll actually exist and be a real thing as opposed to just sort of like, you know, sharing without an exchange. Um, right. But I will say that like, yes, like probably 70% of the issues that I see in the shop are either, um, you know, sleep and anxiety disorders or mm-hmm. like a lot of digestive issues issues, Mm. which, um, Mm -hmm. is pretty bizarre, but yeah. So I think, um, when I am doing like a general, general sleep, um, tea or tincture blend for someone, Mm -hmm. you know, the first thing that I mentioned to them is, um, sleep hygiene, and it's something I don't practice myself, which is really funny as an herbalist when you realize <laughs> how oh. much stuff you tell people to do that you don't do your own self oh, is really definitely the hypocrisy yeah. is pretty staggering sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. And it's like, you know, I see all these and I'm like, oh my God, I'm seeing all these people because I have those issues. Yeah. You know, that's really oh, weird true. to understand that like it's so reflective mm-hmm. and your your community reflects you you are reflection of your community you know everybody's like reflecting each other but yeah so I talk a lot about sleep hygiene and then you know like my favorite herbs for sleeping is like you know skull cap kava california poppy and Jamaican mm. dogwood those are my yeah. jams um, you know it's like you want to have yeah like physical relaxation with mental relaxation and you know a nice good sedative like mm-hmm. california poppy yeah uh, um but yeah, that's usually 
what I say. And it's like, you know, if I recommend a tea to somebody to have, it's like, you know, I'm like the tea that I make is like kind of a, like a, I'm like, leave it in the, everything likes fat. That's another big deal. It's like, you know, everybody, nobody really understands how much they need fat in their life. So, you know, Mm, oftentimes I mentioned, um, with things with teas and herbs and stuff like that, that have a lot of, um, uh, wow, I'm blanking on that alkaloids in them that they like to be in fat, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you got the kava lactones, milk. Um, so I, I mentioned to brew things in milk and, you know, I'm like, you, if you come in contact with these powders or dredges of things, it's like, it's not a big deal. Just chew on it. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, everybody wants to everything, you know, they're like, Oh my God. And it's like, dude, if some of that comes through into your, you know, into your menstruum, it's not a big deal. <laughs> I know. Like when people are like, there's a tea leaf like, in my tea. The, the, and the, the, eat it then. I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, fudge, forget about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we make our own kombucha and, you know, I don't use any juice to sweeten it. Like, cause obviously that to me is like an oxymoron. I'm like, here you are trying to introduce like really good bacteria into your body and then you just drown it in extra sugar. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so we have herbs in ours and I have to tell people, I'm like, you're going to come in contact with the herbs. It's fine. Chew on it. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's, there's <laughs> you know, ginger and peppercorn flowers and stuff in there. But and I think people like that. You know, it's like fun to like introduce people to this like gritty realness of it and for them to realize that like, you know, it's from the earth. It's not dirty. It's not gross. Like just put it in your mouth, mm-hmm. you know, taste a plant. <laughs> I know. You know? I love that. Yeah. It's so good. Um, I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good reminder. Just put it in your mouth. Um, if you It's the truth. Yeah. I know. It's I hear you, sister. Um, I'm curious about how you work with your ongoing education or and also just to hear a little bit about your experience with Arbor Vita. I know Richard Mandelbaum, I got the opportunity to work with him a little bit and he is an amazing herbalist. Wow. He really helped me so much. So I'm curious about your education at Arbor Vita and then how you continue learning about herbs and just, yeah, stay fresh with all of the information that's always coming out with um new information well you know it's been funny like you know having i open the shop by myself like i have had so much help from like friends and stuff like that here and like my coworkers and stuff but like you know it's been a i if you're gonna open a business or anything brick and mortar style like please do it with a partner that's like Mm. on premise with you it's um really hard to do it by yourself you can do it Mm -hmm. but it's a lot more graceful with another person anyway so like that said um you were we're at about 20 months being open now and um i haven't gotten to do that much like education wise like i listen to a lot of podcasts Mm -hmm. i listen to david winston puts out like really awesome um salons online and i listen i don't know um, know, herbal highway Mm -hmm. the david winston stuff like i i get them because i like buy i um buy his tinctures he does one a month though i think you have to buy like you can buy them on his website they're like 10 bucks he is brilliant and actually that was and he makes his tinctures right here in New Jersey, which is why I chose him um, oh, cool. and why I picked those tinctures. I really like Herb Farm a lot too, but um, yeah, I like once again, like kind of like accessing that sort of bioregional like accessibility. Not that like you know his kava isn't coming from Hawaii, mm-hmm. but he's making it in New Jersey, and there's something about that like a little less of a carbon footprint to me that is important, and that's also like a huge. Uh, you know, vein of antidote is like, you know, being stewards to growing medicinal herbs on the East Coast and also to, you know, like reducing our plastic and 
carbon imprint and like, you know, fostering a healthier earth that we have really just been working hard to make sick. But, um, no, as a, as I know. So like that's, that's been in there anyway. So I use his stuff anyway. You can buy his salons online. Or I think if you end up buying, like if you're like, you want to just start your own little apothecary, um, so that you can make, um, compilations for your clients and you buy a certain amount from him. He's like, basically they'll send them out to you monthly. So I listen to those. Um, I listen to Susan Weed's podcast a lot, Mm -hmm. but it's funny that I just like saw that the early bird registration for the American herbalist guilt, herbalist guild symposium to be held in Georgia this October is coming up. And I think I'm finally going to do it, you know, but I try to take community classes yeah. I'm going to go. I'm like, Maybe I can meet you there. Right? It'll be fun. Totally. It's in Chattanooga. It's oh kind of far God. from Savannah. And I had this idea, like, I want to go to Savannah. I've never been there. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. We'll see. I might drive down and, like, we can swing over and look at some Spanish moss in Savannah. Oh, my God. Nine That'd hours away. I would love <laughs> another road trip with you, Lizzie. We should do it. <laughs> yeah. Get, in, get into some trouble. Like, I, everything's kind of. Yes, some <laughs> trouble. Taste the plants. I want to smell that Spanish moss, man. Does that just like sound like the dankest, earthiest yumminess oh, to you? I've yeah. never been there. I'm fine. so good. Oh, and I, I think October that. would be less oppressive than mm-hmm. you know many other times of the hot heat stroke year. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So so I really listen to a lot of podcasts. Um. And I read a lot of blogs. Mm-hmm. Um, some herbalists that I really respect, like I said, I mentioned, um, Susan Weed. I really like Kiva Rose. Um, mm-hmm. I like Jim McDonald has a really good, like, um, sort of online, um, lexicon of herbal articles and, and, um, blogs and stuff like that, that I look at a lot, but I try to read something every day, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen once a week, you know, I mm-hmm. definitely try to read something new because it is hard um, to stay in touch with stuff. But like, yeah, I think, you know, in the perfect world, like if I wasn't, you know, manning this ship by, by myself and it actually is like coming into calmer waters now. So like I said, okay. I can entertain um, the idea of going to something like the American Herbalist Guild Symposium uh, that uh, those are coming more real. But I think, you know, I offer classes. There are a lot of classes offered through Arbor Vitae. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look in the community, whatever community you're in, I'm sure there are a lot of like kind of classes that way. It is a little harder once you get to a certain um, point in your education to want to go to community herbalism classes Mm -hmm. But even if you feel like you know all this stuff, you don't know everything and you'll always learn something new, which is yeah. one of my favorite things about like being like, I'm going to go to this herbs 101 class and then be like, oh, yeah, I totally didn't realize that clouds are made of mushroom spores. Yeah, I thought it that was just is crazy. That is amazing. Yeah. You had somebody teach a class at Antidote about mushrooms. Is that how you discovered I that? did. Yeah, Who John Michelotti. John Michelotti. His name is John Michelotti. He um, has a company called Catskills Fungi, and his um, mushroom extracts are amazing. Like mm-hmm. he, you know, only uses the fruiting body. He grows a lot of stuff, and then he wild harvests everything. And he's just like such a genuine, like individual. Much like a lot of mushroom people are. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> gone to any mushroom conferences or even yeah. talked to people. And like, there's always a mushroom society wherever mm-hmm. you're at because people fucking love mushrooms and they could because they're such insane creatures. But (laughs) those, that like group of people as a whole, I love them. They're super dorky and they always have like tons of puns and you know, their sense of humor (laughs) is really fun. But I mean, it's like when you're finding these new communities and stuff like that, I really enjoy the mushroom communities. Those guys are weird. (laughs) That sounds so fun. They are. Um, but yeah, and I like to, I refer to Matt Wood and Phyllis Light a lot. I look a lot at the tiaras, Michael and, um, Susan Tiara. 
but yeah, really like as it's been lately, I've been doing mostly reading and listening to podcasts. Oh, I just found another podcast you might like. It's called Holistic Herbalism and it's a couple, Katya Swift and I can't remember the guy, but they just do like little short blurbs about different plants that they work with and different practices to help with back pain or other things like that. And it was, I like their little, they're like just half an hour little blips and they're very insightful. So you might like that. Oh, cool. I'll totally check that out. Holistic herbalism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm always looking for new stuff that way. That's how I opened the shop was listening to the podcasts. (laughs) Oh, so cool. Um, How do you stay um, in the game? Um, I would say similarly, just, yeah, trying to look at a lot of blogs and read stuff, listen to a lot of podcasts and yeah, just kind of keep reading and keep looking and seeing what's out there. Um, I love the American Herbalist Guild. Their website is great. And Henrietta Kress has a cool website that has really Mm -hmm. nice monographs of all the different plants. So I like to just kind of hop on there. That's like really nice and thorough. So yeah, I'll just kind of like check that out. Oh, there's another podcast I like, Herbs and Oils, that's a little more based on aromatherapy, but there's some there's some really good um, interviews with different herbalists like Guido Moss and Brigitte Mars is in Boulder, and she's an amazing teacher. I love her. Oh, I don't know of her. I think you would really like her. She's just super approachable and down to earth and has kind of like a similar like raw perspective she's like a hippie and lived in a teepee in the woods for years and just oh my God. scavenged food you know just ate wild plants for like several years and that's all she lived on and she is just such an incredible teacher and she teaches classes there's a couple apothecaries around Boulder. Rebecca's has some really cool classes about like making bitters and making, you know, oils and lotions and potions and stuff. And, um, just talking about different things like that. And then at the school that I went to, the Colorado School of Clinical Herbalism, they have a lot of classes. Um, they just had one with Jim McDonald and yeah, they bring in a lot of cool teachers too. So that's an amazing resource as well. Oh, you know, I was going to say too, I really like, um, Ruth Trickett and Aviva Ram and, oh, yes. and, um, and McIntyre too as like herbalists to like, I think it's really important if you're going to like, if you're not looking in books that you buy the, by these people, which you should, mm-hmm. if you're, if you actually want to be an herbalist and you want to ha- be responsible for the, your intake of knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, you should buy the books that these amazing people write. But if you're going to go online it is super important to, you know, access your information through portals that you respect. So I, as I have somebody's name that I like linked to it because otherwise it's like, you know, any Tom, Dick and Harry could write a blog about digitalis or, um, you know, Kava or whatever it is mm-hmm. as the gospel truth. And it's just like not vetted or regulated at all, which is a beautiful thing. And the anarchist in me loves that. <laughs> but that's where your responsibility is to actually access information from, you know, star stalwart standpoints and stuff mm-hmm. like that, with, you know, pillars of strength and knowledge and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. So I always, you know, whenever I hear about an herbalist, a new herbalist that I don't know from somebody that I respect, I like to go to them and and try to see what different perspectives are out there, which is really cool too. Like some of the people that I admire most, I disagree with on things. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool too, to know that you've gotten to a point where you can like disagree with someone and it's because you have this like piece of you know, knowledge that you've created yourself and that the, your experience with plants and stuff is individual and with creating access points for others to find is individual and they're individuals. And so there's no one way about it, which I is also one of my favorite things about the chaos of mm. plants and nature. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's really about the conversation between you and the plant sometimes. Like there's definitely you know, plants have certain affinities and certain general actions and there's things that they do 
oftentimes, but then there's things that they do uniquely for a person because that's what that person needs. And they help, you know, there's kind of like a dialogue between you and the plant. And I love just experiencing that. Like corn silk. Mm. Corn silk to me, I made a corn silk tincture. One of the first tinctures I made was uh, corn silk and Solomon seal. And I had like some motherwort and skull cap. Anyway, these were like the very first tinctures that I did. I also had um, some hyssop and those were my very first tinctures anyway. Mm -hmm. Oh, and milky oat tops, which by the way, was amazing. Um, But the corn silk, like I, one day, like I, I, was have been an athlete for uh, most of my life and I'm a very active person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot of, you know, points of inflammation that are super arthritic now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand now that like, of course, like my diet it could be better and I could eat less and drink less sugar than, and have like far fewer points of inflammation. But anyway, mm-hmm. going beyond that, I, uh, had like a really interesting, Tense case of carpal tunnel. And, mm-hmm. um, I hadn't gotten to the point where I was like, much like many herbalists, I wasn't really treating myself for anything. And I was looking at all these tinctures. Anyway, finally, I put together just a tincture of some stuff that I had. I did, uh, milky oat tops, Solomon seal, and which is one of my favorite plants on the planet and, mm-hmm. um, corn silk, another beauty. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, uh, took that, started taking that every day and it was really awesome. My my hand hurt bad and none of those are analgesics, Uh you know, but they're all like moistening and silver restorative, but like you wouldn't normally include corn silk in there. But to me, it just seemed like the right thing. And I, I'm to this day convinced that it contributed to re-moistening my tendons and introducing like a slippery quality to the extra white blood cells that had accumulated there. So that when I did go in with a chiropractor, and he like started scraping what he called adhesions off of my tendons. I didn't tell him I was an herbalist or anything. And um, he was like, what are you doing? You know, mm. and I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, what are you doing? Because I guess it was just like falling right off of my yeah. tendons. And I'm convinced it was the corn silk. And you would yeah. normally think of corn silk only in like, you know, urinary tract situations. Right. Oh, that's it's so like, And I think that in my body, because I love corn and I grew up with it and everything mm-hmm. like that, it, um, went to my cells in other parts, mm. not just in the urinary, urinary zone. That's anyway, so cool. yeah, that's I my little that. thing. You get your little individual. <laughs> it's like skull cap. I don't ever use for sleep. I use that for focus, like mm-hmm. another favorite, but what's your favorite plant that oh. you're working with right now? Oh, I have to say milk God. thistles up there for me too. Yeah. I I'm always sure. love milk thistle. Um, I guess, What have I been playing with? I've been really, I love holy basil has been something I've been working in a lot. Holy Mm. basil and nettle with a little bit of mint and licorice. That's kind of been my jam with a little marshmallow. I'll do marshmallow leaf, which I'm really into. Um, Mm -hmm, Me too. I just got it by chance a couple years ago on Mountain Rose Herbs because it was like on sale. And I was like, oh, I've never worked with the leaf. Like, I think a lot of times people think of working with only the root, but it's, I love the leaf. It's so moistening and just has a really nice, like nutritive quality to it. And so I love adding a little bit of marshmallow leaf just because in Colorado, it's so dry. I feel like I need to have a little bit of that balance of like some moistening, especially with nettles, yeah. which are so, so. And marshmallows like an herbal hug. Yeah, <laughs> it, is. It, is. it is. Yeah, it's funny. It's, I guess the flower essence is really good for um, helping to feel more connected to other people. And it is, it's kind of like this, like, yeah, nourishing hug that just allows you to feel kind of soft and supported. And I think is really nice, you know, when, like with your work, I think you have to be so generous and so open to so many people as you're working with them. And then there's also like this boundary issue that I imagine comes up of just like, again, needing to clarify like, okay, if you want to talk more, we need to schedule a session or, you know, to give of yourself, but also to like, have boundaries because there needs to be an equal exchange. Um, I listened to something about 
um, this Reiki teacher was talking about how if you just give and give to other people and there isn't an exchange back, it creates like this energy vacuum. And so it's not good for their spirit or for yours. And it's, it can really lead to burnout really quickly. And also when people pay, they pay attention. And I've done a lot of, you know, like yeah. free sessions or complimentary sessions. And, um, I do notice if people don't, if there isn't some sort of exchange back, it's like, it's doesn't, it doesn't stick. The work doesn't stick as much. And so, that's so true. Yeah. I find there is and unfortunate because you know, <laughs> want to be just like truly generous, but it's yeah. like, it doesn't work that way, which is the truth, you know? Yeah. People have to, um, but your exchange can be something pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, for boundaries and stuff, which I think about a lot because I do have a hard time with that. And I do come in contact with so many people in my shop and also just living in New York city where it is high volume contact every day with people. Mm-hmm. Yarrow. Yes. Yarrow is my, like I, I grow Yarrow around the shop. I, nice. you know, it's gorgeous and sturdy and big and like mm-hmm. gushy and strong and it's the warrior plant, you know, like, yeah. I mean, everybody calls it the warrior, wounded warrior plant, but I'm like, whatever it stops the bleeding, <laughs> but you know what it does do? It like holds up, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't have to be that wounded. It's like the support system. And I, I just love how it unfurls out of the ground like a fern and then mm-hmm. it grows into this big, huge stock. And it's, um, anyway, yarrow, yarrow is my boundary plant. Yeah. I love it. And that. it makes it so that I'm not me, <laughs> which I can do. Um, and I, I try not to do that, but sometimes we're mean. Yeah. That's the I way mean, it is. And you can say sorry and move on and then not do it again that mm-hmm. day. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a tricky one. It's like, and I think yarrow is the perfect remedy for that because it really is so good at navigating what needs to happen, whether it's to soften or to kind of tighten a little bit. You know, it's like it can help stop bleeding, but it can also bring on bleeding. Like I've worked with it, yeah, who haven't had a period for months and months, and yarrow just like immediately brought it on. And then I've also seen it work with people where they're bleeding too much and they take it and it stops it. So it's one of those amazing plants that just is really great at conversing with people and kind of helping to navigate what your body needs and balancing that in a really cool way. Yeah. I hate to use military terms, but like, I do love those governing plants, like mm-hmm. the governors of the blood, like yarrow and you mm-hmm. got governors of the water, like sage mm-hmm. and you know, like you've got, it's just, uh, you know, I can't even think of another one. I like, but like that. those uh, sage and yarrow and of uh, governing the waters. Yeah, the sage. Oh, it's so awesome. Where did you learn? I, and like in Colorado, like I'm from Colorado. I forget that's yeah. enough about it governing the waters. Yeah. You know, my friend Celeste Keybabe was the first person that ever said that to me, and she's a really beautiful. Um, um, astrological herbalist. Mm-hmm. We went to school together, but she, um, she uses, um, astrology in addition to her, like, insanely beautiful, like, you know, scientific knowledge of herbs, but she accesses this, like, deeper level and connection by, like, understanding the stardust that creates us all mm-hmm. and, um, applying that through astrology, which used to be, you know, RX stands, you know, RX was what, doctors used to say that they cross-checked your medical chart with the, your astrological chart. And it's just mm-hmm. funny that we use that in Western medicine where people would never be open to that now. <laughs> and like, that's yeah. exactly where it came from. Wow. Um, but she mentioned it as a governor of the waters of the body. And then I, I went and I've always, of course, like just coming from Colorado, like had a deep connection to Sage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, looked into it from there and Matt Wood has some really interesting things to say to it. But it is that's that's again where you like you through conversation with people, somebody will say something, and you're like, Oh my god, I didn't know that mm-hmm. and then you, you know, go okay. and look at take your own process from it. It's also like really cool when you learn about like, you know, the animal medicines like OSHA. 
mm. and hops and stuff mm-hmm. and understanding that like OSHA is a bear medicine and hops is a deer medicine and that we learned about those herbs by watching or Native Americans learned about those herbs by watching those animals interact with them and then they use them the same in their bodies and now we have this like deep understanding of hops as a sedative and like deer used to take nap there and like osha is like being this insane like invigorating lung opener and it's like the first herb that bears would seek out from hibernation yeah you know it's like I, I, i like speaking about being connected and stuff like that to the world it's like you know talk with your friends that are herbalists and find some they're there Mm -hmm. oh my gosh okay so lizzie what else should we know how do you do you have any business advice or life advice Um, like what do you wish you knew five years ago what do i wish i knew five years ago how five years ago was such a transformative time i think that i mean the biggest thing that i've learned and will continue to learn is that change is good and Mm. change represents progress So it's always going to be hard. And, you know, like the second that things get easy, take it easy for a second, you know, like relax a minute, like understand that you're going to have to change again. And that's all whole part of the cycle. And, you know, like if, you know, and understanding that your visions and like the things that you first wanted, maybe aren't what you actually need, you know, but yeah, just staying nimble. I've watched a lot of businesses go down around me in my neighborhood and stuff Mm. because they just weren't listening and changing. And it's like, Mm. you've got to change. It's hard. It is really hard, but you can do it. And that's like getting better with your health, like learning new things, all of that stuff. It's all hard, but it's worth it. Yeah. So worth it. It's amazing. And how do we find and you? And eat plants we- every day. <laughs> Yay. And eat plants every day. Yes. Or drink them or smear them on your body. You know, whatever. Coming to contact with them. Yeah. Touch them. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, you can find me on my website, which is antidotebrooklyn.com. And um, we have a, an Instagram account too, which is just um, antidote underscore apothecary underscore T-bar. I know that's really not complicated at all, but anyway, <laughs> those are the places where we have like a public profile. We also have a Facebook page, but I, haven't, I got kicked off Facebook, so I haven't really uh, reconnected with that, uh, but I'm trying to work that out. Facebook, gosh, yeah, all these different platforms. And that's also important too. Like as much as like really understanding that change is like the dynamic element to progress and that that's like exactly what we need in everything, like in changing your diet and, you know, like what kind of drinks your teas you're drinking or whatever, you know, like, or in the direction that you walk to work or drive your car or whatever, don't use GPS all the time. Um, it's also that, um, and this is still a struggle for me. It is really important to relax and take a day off. Mm, yeah, all the way, and just just do something for yourself, or don't do anything at all. Yeah, <laughs> so good. I love that reminder. And sleep hygiene. Yes. What does that look like? What do you? What is something you suggest for sleep hygiene? Like, what does that look like? Put your phone in a different room and just mm-hmm. get an alarm clock if you want to wake up with a, something. Don't have the TV on and make your bed. Yeah. You know, it's as simple as that. Like me, my room will get into like a little chaos that represents my mind and it's hard for me to keep it tidy because I'm in and out all the time and I have lots of excuses for why it's not tidy. But when I clean my room, it's helpful. Yeah. And turning off the TV and not sleeping with my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny how many people do that. Like I thought I did that. I was the only person, you know what I mean? I was like, it was so embarrassing. It's like a single ladies thing, <laughs> but everybody does it. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't do it. Don't sleep with your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get the yeah. phone computer and the screens out of the bedroom. Absolutely. Yeah. And make your bed. Yeah. And make your bed. Yes. I always, I always love making my bed. My grandma, I got to make the bed with my grandma when I went to visit her. And it was like so special to me. Cause I just remember she was the one who like, 
really <laughs> encouraged me to make my bed every day. Like when I was a little girl, she was like, you have to always make your bed when you get up. And so it was like really special to make the bed with her. It was cute. I love that. Yeah. I'm glad you got to do that with her. Yeah. So weird. See those routine things that you do to like stay alive and be a human and take care of yourself are like so ritualistically important. And then it gets sealed home when you like get to do that decades later with the person that taught you the import of it. It's yeah. just, if you get to have that opportunity, taking note of it is really important. There was your energy exchange. Mm -hmm. She gave you free knowledge and then you just got to change it with her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I felt really lucky. I was like, Oh, it just like brought tears to my eyes. I was like, Oh my gosh, my 91 year old grandma's still making the bed and I get to help her pull the covers over. And yeah. It was like really sacred. Oh, well, well, Lizzie, I just love you so much. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I feel like you're just so wise and have so much incredible inspiration and wisdom and knowledge and great energy. Thank you. So do you, Marie. Oh, thank you. Oh, I was curious too. What's the name of your band? Can we, is there, is it possible to connect with oh, your band at all? You know, we're we're supposed to record soon, but we haven't. Um, we do have an Instagram account. I feel funny about recording because we we just do it to have fun. But um, oh, so we fun. are going to do that. <laughs> but um, the name of it is it's terrifying. Um, the name of it is Myriad, and that's spelled M Y R I A I D. So there's nothing really except for like Instagram and a few little clips on there. I think there might be a SoundCloud song. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're really more of a live situation. Oh my God. And you're so amazing. You're such a great show. Woman. Just that. I feel like yeah. you're such a great storyteller and yeah, oh. you, you put on a good show. So <laughs> you, oh. I'll <laughs> I can't wait to hear you when you start playing with people there. Yeah, I know. We'll see. I was in a little band for a hot second called Hot Trash, but it's like fun to make music. Yeah, it is. Prior I'm just trying to prioritize like art and herbs for now. And then music, I think, will emerge in different ways in the future. I got that. Yeah. All things have a time. That's true. Yeah. Trying to learn to focus a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard because we all want all the candy. I know. <laughs> Oh my god, I love you right, so much. I love you. Thank you so much for being on the show, Lizzie. You're just the best. And congratulations on your shop. You're nearing your two year anniversary. It's so exciting. I know. I'm really scared. It's gonna be awesome. Don't be scared of success. I know. Um, or even going moving toward it. Sarah Marie, I love you so much and Aww. thank you for like being such a an inspiration and also like so therapeutically complimentary oh. <laughs> um so uh stay in touch and keep me posted and all that stuff thank you so much for listening to time in the studio today and if you'd like to connect with lizzie you can check her out on instagram antidote apothecary and tea bar or she has a great website antidote brooklyn or better yet visit her shop in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, and say hello. Let her know you listened and um, check that out. If you'd like to connect with me through the podcast, you can check out Time in the Studio on Instagram or there's a Facebook page or group. Um, if you're interested in working with me, working with herbs, nutrition, or flower essences, you can check out my website at adazia.com that's a-i-d-a-z-e-a.com or i'm on instagram as ada.zia.art but yeah i would love to hear from you and if you enjoy this podcast please rate review share um spread the word i am hoping that this shines some light into your world and i would love to hear from you thanks so much again for listening and may our efforts benefit all beings. Love and light to you all. Thank you. Take care.